and peace be with you. We welcome you here today in worship. Grateful to see you. We welcome those that are watching us uh, live stream and, of course, those that uh, watch us later on in the week. There's uh, quite a growth that I'm seeing in our numbers of people that have watched and comments that are being made. So uh, we're grateful uh, to God for the technology that allows us to uh, do the gospel, have the Holy Spirit do the gospel unto the hearer. So you are a part of that, and I thank you. In your bulletin is the uh, uh, announcement sheet here, and just briefly to highlight things, I would like to uh, the first thing that's, that, well, they all come out and, and hit me in the eye here, but Sit and Be Fit is uh, ongoing and a great uh, time to get out during the week. They are socially distanced, and they're moving and flexing and all that good stuff. The fellowship is wonderful. I encourage you to come. That is on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. And we have a ladies' Bible study that is happening. Happening, uh, Debbie is uh, is uh, leading that, and um, it's a wonderful study in uh, from a book called The Story. Um, however, um, that is not just the only tool that they are using. Like anything, uh, we should have the Bible next to it to corroborate with it. And in that study, what you're finding in, uh, is that it's, it is growing um, the ladies that are, are uh, in it as they dig into uh, the Bible to corroborate what is going on uh, in the book called The Story. And it sounds, uh, well, I've sat in on part of it, and it's a good group, and I think it is a good thing. Uh, the Naughty Ones are, are back, formerly the Naughty Knitters, K-N-O-T-T-Y, and they're knitting up a storm, are they not? Yeah, okay. And those are um, come in the form of prayer shawls, and we're running out of little um, bitty bankies. And so, Eldred, I think you're going to need to get going, make us some little bitty bankies. And then um, also, do we make baby blankets in that too to order or ever have an inventory of that? You have one? Okay. All right. So, um, you know, as you know of little ones coming uh, soon, um, these uh, baby blankets are, are done in prayer with each knot. And um, we appreciate you letting us know and, and, uh, and sharing that ministry with the people. Also, Reformation Sunday, uh, I kind of think I might have made a boo-boo, but I made a decision to combine Reformation Sunday, which happens during the week, uh, with our All Saints Sunday. So we'll actually be wearing red on November 1st, which is also All Saints Day, where we commemorate those who have passed away uh, in the last year. And so keep that in your, your calendars. Uh, read on November the 1st. And also, if you would let the office know if you have anybody that you would like represented on All Saints Day, uh, named out loud in a white rose um, put on the uh, font here, um, please let Ashley know or myself. And the Second Harvest Food Bank out in the 
narthex there is a box. We have just one more box to fill, that one out there. We'd love to have it filled. Um, would you make a mental note to bring food in either this week or next uh, Sunday, and we'll fill it up. And the beautiful thing is the people at Second Harvest come and pick it up, so nobody has to drive it anywhere. And so I would appreciate that, as would the people that um, rely on um, charity of, of, of churches and, and, and folks around the area to get by in this difficult time. We have a request down here also is uh, we are starting to create a 2021 budget. And if you have any thoughts or ideas where you would like to see money budgeted for any specific project or ministry, please bring that up uh, either to the office or myself. Uh, email's always good because it's in writing. And um, let us know. And with that, uh, we will uh, continue. We can always use help, uh, worship assistance and so forth. But with that, let us uh, turn our hearts and our minds to the worship of the Lord with our opening hymn.
Okay. <laughs> we come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, have mercy on us that you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verses 1 through 7, and can be found on page 1131 in your pew Bible. Uh, this is the only place in the Bible where a Gentile ruler is said to be anointed. This ruler, Cyrus, allows Jerusalem to be rebuilt, and he sets the exiles free to return to their lands without expecting anything in return. So we have Isaiah 45, 1 through 7. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, 
to open gates before him so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Uh, we'll read Psalm 96, verse 1 through 13, responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. This psalm shows us how to praise and glorify our relationship with God. Psalm 96, 1 through 13. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Ascribe to the Lord all you family of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. The epistle this morning is taken from the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, and can be found on page 1,838 in the Pew Bible. Paul has written a letter of praise to the Thessalonians for their belief in Jesus Christ, even though they're being persecuted for their faith. 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. To the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. 
Remember before our God and, fa and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became Im imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22, and can be found on page 1535 in your pew Bible. Matthew 22, 15 through 22. When the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words, they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he asked them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. And then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him 
and they went away. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Most of us have flipped a coin, yes? And if it's heads, we do this. Tails, we do that. I have to admit, sometimes I flipped it multiple times until I got the side that I needed to be able to do that. On one side of the coin that we have today has an image of a head on it, and on the other side of the coin is an image of something else. And this is true even back in the first century. So the coin that Jesus used in today's gospel had an image of Caesar on it. And Jesus used that image to teach a very important lesson. There are also other images in today's gospel. However, these images are not coins, but they are very important, and we'll point them out. It was the last Tuesday at the time that they are hearing this parable, or rather, excuse me, this teaching of, of Jesus. It was the last Tuesday before Jesus was to die on the cross. Jesus was teaching in the temple during the days leading up to the Passover. And the crowds were quite large. And he had been teaching parable after parable, using them to illustrate the many truths of heaven. And as we have been studying the parables over the last few weeks, we know that these parables expose the corruption and the hypocrisy among the religious leaders of the day. He was really damaging their reputation, and nobody likes that. He was exposing their hypocrisy, and they, nor you or I, like that. Rather than repent and amend their sinful ways, these religious leaders, these political leaders, these hearers of the word, decided that they had to take Jesus down. Now. He's bad for business. We know how desperate these leaders were because they teamed up with the Herodians. And the Herodians to explain were people who supported the Herod family. This is the same Herod family who ordered the death of the boys in Bethlehem, Bethlehem a year or two uh, after Jesus was born. And they are the ones that supported the son of this Herod 
who now ruled during the time of Jesus' crucifixion and death, they were supporters of him. So, one thing that often surprises people is this. The, the Herod and the Herodians were not Jewish, but were kept in power by the military might of the Roman governor, government. So naturally they were big fans of the Roman occupation of Israel. And so were their followers, the Herodians. The Pharisees, on the other hand, hated the Roman occupation with a passion. They saw this occupation as an abomination that defiled their land. So the fact that these two groups, these two parties, could come together was a true sign of desperation. The Pharisees have put their heads together to figure out a way to trap Jesus. They have a plan that to them seems foolproof. It uses the Jewish laws and traditions as one jaw of the trap, and then the authority of Rome as the other jaw. They've got it all figured out. Their line of thinking goes like this. If he says it is wrong to pay taxes to Caesar, the Herodians, excuse me, if he says that it is right to pay taxes to Caesar, he loses with the people who consider any submission to Roman authority as against the will of God. If he says it is wrong to pay taxes to Caesar, the Herodians go to their superiors and harsh Roman justice will get rid of Jesus for them. The Herodians and the Pharisees both had the wrong image of Jesus. To the Pharisees and the Herodians, Jesus is evil. He's a problem. He's bad for business. He is a threat to religious and political security. His popularity diminishes their popularity. They see Jesus as an obstacle, an obstacle to be removed. Now before we get ready to condemn the image of Jesus that the Herodians and the Pharisees had, we need to examine the image that we have of Jesus. Now, from birth, we too want to be the center of everything. We want to be the image that everyone looks at. We want to be the image that everyone serves. From birth, as we are born into sin, each and every one of us has an image of ourselves 
that is so important that it entirely blocks out our image of Jesus. And there was a time when we were the image of God. The very first chapter of the Bible tells us that God created man in his own image. Adam and Eve were the pinnacle of God's creation, and God described them as, with the words, very good. And as we know, it didn't take long for Adam and Eve to spoil that image. Instead of focusing on God, they allowed Satan to convince them to focus on themselves. They were not satisfied to be in the image of God. They wanted to actually be God's little G's. So they spoiled the image of God in themselves and they brought a curse on all creation. They were deceived by Satan. He offered Adam and Eve something that he couldn't give them. And worse than that, he offered them something that they already had. They had it all. And as God said, it was very good. Now since that time, all men, Cain, the Pharisees, and the Herodians, you and me, have been born with our image of good and evil that have been turned up upside down. In short, our image of God is out of focus. The Pharisees and the Herodians, they sent their disciples in the hope that Jesus would not recognize them. In addition to that, these disciples presented an image of respect toward Jesus. <laughs> but it was only that. It was an image. It was an image designed to disarm Jesus and to catch him off guard. And it didn't work. And Jesus turned the tables on them. Jesus understood something that they did not. And that is this, that God is in control of both civil authority and religious authority. The physical kingdoms of power and the spiritual kingdom of grace are not either or, but both and. In the Old Testament reading for today, Isaiah points out that Cyrus, the pagan king of Persia, in spite of all outward appearances, is God's instrument. The Lord is using him to work out history for the ultimate good of his people. And likewise, when Pilate boasts of his authority either to punish Jesus or to let him go. We hear in John 19, 11, 
Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. We should all remember this when we see those in authority or we despair over those in authority or we despise those in authority or we perhaps really love those in authority. We should remember that God used Cyrus. God used Pharaoh. God uses even you and me for his good purpose. So when Jesus said, therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, he was telling us and all government is God's instrument at work in physical world. None of this surprises God. He's got it all in control. And obeying the laws of the land and participating in our democracy are a part of our obedience to God. We render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Everyone get their taxes in by last Thursday? That was the extension cutoff. Ask me how I know. The sad irony of today's gospel is that even though the Herodians and the Pharisees were awestruck by the elegance of Jesus' answer, they did not stick around to hear what else he had to say. They didn't stay to hear what else he had to say. All they did was leave him and go away. If they would have followed Jesus, they would have encountered yet another image. In Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And nowhere do we see that image more clearly than we look, than when we look at the cross. As we look at the Christ, as he hangs on the cross, our upside down, our out of focus, our God in our image way of thinking becomes the right side up and crystal clear. The world sees an image of a defeated rebel on that cross, a common criminal on the cross. They see it as a removal of a political enemy it is in this apparent destruction, though, that the Son of God, the Son of Man, is glorified. It is in this act of selfless love that we are, that we see the true image of God. In the image of God nailed to the cross, it is the ultimate inversion of what we think is right and what we think reality is as we see it through our sin-distorted eyes. We are born of the flesh of Adam. We 
want to be like gods, little g gods, that are deciding for ourselves what is good and what is evil. We are like the Pharisees and the Herodians and want to compartmentalize God. We would restrict him. We would restrict him to the religious and ban him from the secular parts of our lives. The condemnation we deserve, he has chosen to take in our place. And he takes it to the cross, his death for our life, his damnation for our salvation. Christ, him crucified, is the clearest image of the invisible God that we could have. The image that the world sees is defeat, in fact, is the victory of God. It is by this victory that we, those who believe, receive life. Forgiveness of sin, salvation. It is by this victory that even though we die, we shall rise again. For Jesus himself, he did not remain in the grave, did he? But he became the first fruits of those who rise from the dead. His resurrection is the assurance that the image of our Savior on the cross is an image of victory. On the cross, it said, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Well, that is for us the image of invisible God. In that image, you see what the God of the universe has done to make you his very own. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 32, lets you know through Jesus, his nature, what God is like when he said this, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In the name of Jesus, amen.
Give thanks to the Holy One Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son Give thanks with a grateful heart Give thanks to the Holy One Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son Stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith according to the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gather this morning to praise your holy name. Thank you, Father, for bringing us together safely. Thank you, Lord, for our nation. Though we are flawed, of course, by our sinful nature, we strive to be better and more in line with your expectations, whether or not we realize that it is you who governs all life on earth. Thank you for reminding us through your holy word and scripture that your perfect plan will be accomplished in your time, not ours, regardless of our fragile faith and need for instant solutions to serious problems. Holy Spirit, please remove our anxiety and incessant worrying about our Holy Father's love for our well-being. Please constantly remind us that he has already saved our souls 
and will protect those who love him on earth. Lord in heaven, we pray for our president and all who serve the citizens of our nation at all levels of government. Holy Spirit, help us to recognize lies and deceit that are proffered to us in social media and the mainstream media, as well as those seeking political leadership in response to the sin of greed for power. Please shine a light on truth that we may all see who is best suited to lead us where you would have us go. During these contentious times, we pray that you would shield your faithful from the hate and violence of evil that surrounds us. Lord, you alone are the great physician. Thank you for healing those in our congregation from various maladies, both physical and mental. Thank you for healing our president, first lady, and their son from the COVID virus, as well as other members of our government who have been exposed to this insidious disease. Please continue to protect our children from the harm this and other diseases cause. Thank you as well for guiding and inspiring all scientists and physicians who work so hard to help humanity recover from disease. Holy Father, we continue to pray for the safety of the firefighters battling wildfires throughout the Western United States. We also pray for those who serve as law enforcement officers. They all serve to keep us safe, and we pray that you would keep them safe in their duties. God Almighty, we pray for healing of broken relationships, all of them. From Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, our sin has destroyed what you made good. Broken marriages, broken promises, broken families, broken friendships and broken national and international relationships. All of these result from sin and Satan's work in our lives. Please help us cast aside our personal greed and vanity and move towards the humility in your name that you bless so graciously. Help us realize that our self-centered actions lead to the damage or destruction of other relationships. Help us forgive others who have sinned against us in order to bring your peace into our lives on earth. Holy Father, our words are inadequate to describe our worries, concerns, needs, and even wants, and we know we always want a lot. You already know them, but it helps us to speak to you because you are our creator and have already shown how much you love us. We thank you for hearing our words this morning and even our thoughts, though we regret that sometimes our thoughts are more sinful than holy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always leading our hearts and minds to perceive the truth in a world filled with sin, lies, deceit, and hate. We pray that you would continue to guide us to do what pleases our Heavenly Father, rather than what we would like to do in our sin. We pray for the safety of all of our military members. Please shield them from all harm, keeping their service to our country honorable, and bring them home from their duties safely. Holy Father, we pray for those who travel. Please give all we love safe journeys. Holy Father, you know that we seem to pray for the same things every week, but don't often perceive your answers to our prayers. We're sorry when we wonder if you truly are listening, because in our hearts we know you are. Our fragile faith in sin leads to our impatience and doubt. Thank you for your patience with us. 
We pray that you would spare us from the lengthy discipline you laid upon the Israelites before Jesus was born, who, like us today, drifted away from you, though your will be done, not ours. Almighty God, thank you for our church family and our pastor. We pray for the safety of those who worship here and your protective embrace of all faithful wherever they are. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly and at a distance. So just wave. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, 
shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread or drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. His body broken and his blood shed, a new covenant was made. A new covenant. That means that you who call out him confess him by his name, believe in your heart, and are baptized, our children of the living God, by what he did on the cross. The cross that the world thinks is foolish, but that you know is victory. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. The foretaste of the feast to come is ready.
provides us our daily bread. He provides for those who believe forgiveness of sins, salvation, and everlasting life. He who did not spare his only son knows what he's doing in all things, in your life, in my life, in this world, in this country, in this community. So, don't worry. It'll be all right. He promised when he said it is finished. It's done. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Breath of all creation.
salvation who always was and is to come I am the one who walked on water I am the one who calmed the seas I am the miracles and wonders so come and see oh, follow Let us go and...